Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We have already started talking. My special guest today is none other than pastor, evangelist, author, host, Paul Begley. Welcome back Great to, to the here. Orange Couch. Mondo, I love the Orange Couch. I feel like we're in my dorm room. This is, yeah, well, this is how it should feel, you know? Relax, because we're going right. to have a conversation, and we want you to be a part of it. But I got to give you your props, right? Because you have invested so much of your personal life and knowing the Word of God, knowing where we are right now, understanding the times and the seasons. As a matter of fact, the book of Revelation is a book that you have studied. Yep. It's something that you continue to study. And I got to give you your props here. I got to be a host. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you're, you're too known, kind. You're right? too kind. You're known for his giftings uh, in evangelism, Bible prophecy, uh, you are ordained, and you were ordained by the great uh, Lester Summerall. Yes. yes. What an amazing yeah. man. What a great man. Don't mess it up. No, that's right. <laughs> hey, he, he would give you a word, you know, whenever he instructed, it was, there was no playing around. He was like a general, okay? And that's it. What kind of person was he? Was he a funny guy? Or was he very serious? Very serious guy. He oh. would, but he would, he would joke sometimes, okay? He would joke sometimes. And, but... It was basically business at all times. Okay, oh, well, you, know, you just walk the line. You're on, your, on the edge of the seat you all the time, stay ready. right? <laughs> hey, look, I'll give you the story. There was a, it was a, uh, one he used to have these uh, big, every year, cat meetings. And bring in, you know, bring in all these well-known speakers, R.W. Schambach and, you know, and, and Dwight Thompson and Oral Roberts. And we'd bring these guys in every, all week. And uh, one night, it was a healing, he was going to preach. It's his night to preach, and he was a healing night. And he said, if there's, bring people that are sick. Well, in the service, they brought a guy in on a, on a cot, with a, on a gurney with an IV, and he's dying. I mean, he's like near death. They just took him out of a clinic or a hospital and just wheeled him into the front. <laughs> and Dr. Summerall looks at him and goes, I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to be healed. But I want to ask a question. Why do you people wait oh. till they're almost dead before you bring them here? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, he's, he lectured the crowd. Then he prayed for the man. Guess what? The man, they, then they wheeled the guy away. Six months later, that same man walks into that church on a Sunday morning, says, I was the man. Wow. Yeah. He wow. said, I'm going to heal you. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> but, but, what, but, but why do you people wait? <laughs> that was Dr. Summer. I think it's called the Lazarus oh, man. deal, right? Yeah, on yeah. the fourth day. We always wait on the fourth day. Yeah. You were mentored by the great Irvin Baxter. Yes. Two great men. Yeah, Irvin. And, and, and you know, it was amazing because in the first part of my ministry, I pastored, evangelized, and I'm just preaching repentance and get people saved and baptized and fill the Holy Spirit. And then I hit the second phase of ministry when God said, you're going into Bible prophecy. Wow. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and he says, and you're going to go, and you're going to do this every day till I tell you to stop. And then he connected me then with Dr. Baxter. Oh, man. So, you know, these, these two giants in my life, as, as well as my father, I have to tell you, my dad also, a great preacher, 50 years, still preaching at 87. Ooh. Okay. Don't mess with him either. He's, he's just... <laughs> It's tough. <laughs> they wheel him up in the wheelchair, and he just preaches at them. But, um, yeah, Dr. Baxter was so kind. I, I, I'm going to say he brought it, he'd bring you into his office, and he was kind. And we mm. would talk scriptures, and he never got in a hurry. Yeah. 
I got to eat with him a lot when he okay. would come here and okay, I spend yeah. time with them. I always felt very honored that he would even allow me to sit at his table. Amen. But he was that type of man. He welcomed yeah. you, but he talked nothing but Bible. Oh, and he could quote half the scriptures. I know. I can't even remember I, my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, They don't make them like that oh, anymore. No. I think that's where you get your preaching. Because when I hear you preach and sing, it's old school. It's old school. Yeah. Right? But yeah. old school meaning... We need that back. We do need it back. The anointing is there. Yeah. You don't have to learn how to sing, but if you're anointed, it won't matter. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And it is old school. When I was raised, uh, my parents, you know, my whole life was in the church and in in, in revivals and in the fire of God and the old school way of getting people to Christ. So, yeah, that that goes with me. And, uh, And even though we're in a different world now, it still takes this anointing to break the yoke in people's lives. Oh, it's still man. and and just a just a little bit of it when it starts to flow, it will break down. It, it crosses all barriers, all economics, social status. It the God gets on the scene, it changes things. What have you learned in the last forty years of ministry? I learned that I am nobody mm. and I am nothing. Without him, I am absolute and not worthy to preach the gospel, to be honest. How do you not get, how do I say this, ah, prideful? I mean, you got thousands of people following you on YouTube, social media. People are listening to you. That can get to you real quick. Yeah, you know, it, 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 I can see how it could. I, I, I do see how that could. But in my case, I guess... I have never seen myself nothing but that country boy from Indiana. Oh, man. I never have been anything. I can't be anything else. So no matter how many people or no matter what, it don't matter. It's like, look, I'm just still the same guy, okay? The same country hick from the sticks, okay, who came out of the cornfields of Indiana. And and uh, it won't matter. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm just a servant of the Lord, and I really mean that. And I think that's why God uses you. Because here you are a man that coined the phrase, are you serious? Yeah, that way now. I will. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. And people love that. People love your energy because there's nothing like it out there. Yeah. Yet, you're you're one of the most humble guys I've ever met. And I, I appreciate you because you are a, a simple man in the fact that you recognize the gift God gave you. You recognize the influence God is allowing you to have. Yet, you're so in love with Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. That none of that even matters. That can go away matter. tomorrow. It wouldn't matter. St. Paul. Oh, I'd be the same guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wouldn't make no difference. I used to preach three times a week uh, for an hour at a time to 35 people, okay? And for the first 20 years of my ministry, it was kind of preaching to 30 to 40, 50 people. Mm. So when you know that that's who you are, that's who, that's who you are, okay? Oh, and it didn't make me no difference. I had a saying. I always went to the door and shook everyone's hand when they left. And I said, Lord, if I, if I, if this is it, this is it. But if I even preach to 3000, I'll still be at the door. You know, so what, the so- first time I preached in a, in a 6,000 people in Jamaica. And when this, and when the service ended, they wanted to take me back in the room. And I said, no, I made a, I made a, I told God I would shake people's hand when they left. So I said to the pastor, I said, no, I got it. He goes, there's 6,000 people here. 
I said, no, but I'm supposed to shake hands with the people when you're He goes, you don't do that no more, <laughs> oh, okay? man. But really, that's how I feel. But that, people love you, Paul. I love you. I love My you family too, loves you. Thank you for standing with the PTL Network, which, by the way, the coming apocalypse program is on the PTL Network every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in. You can download the free app on your phone. If you're watching on Roku, if you're watching on the PTO Network, on the cable stations all over America, make sure to tune in today to the coming apocalypse. Amen. Why that name? The, I, the Lord said to me, <laughs> here's the name I want you to, to name your show. I started doing an online show before television. And I said, but Lord... That seems so offensive. It seems mm. so in your uh, face. In your face. He goes, yeah. that's, he's, the Lord said to me, that's what you're going to have to do. That's what the, is going to be required to get a hold of people's attention. You're going to have to tell them. It's that the world is going to go through and experience things they never dreamed of, apocalyptic things. And what was amazing, I came out with that when the Lord told me to do that. And then five, six years later, everything was apocalypse. You know, here was the, the, yeah. the zombie apocalypse and the spaghetti apocalypse and the mondo apocalypse. Are you serious? The apocalypse. apocalypse. Everything went apocalypse. <laughs> and then I said to myself, okay, God, you wanted me to get out ahead of that whole thing. Yeah. Because you wanted it for your glory, for the Lord. Oh, man. Amen. Listen, stay tuned. We're chit-chatting, getting to know Paul. But I want you to know something. God has ordained this moment for you. Because if there was ever a time to understand what we're seeing all over the place, from social media to even conversations that you're having at work, it's very important to understand that the times that we're in right now are not normal. They're biblical. (laughs) They're biblical. Yet you have misunderstood it because you want to ignore it. You don't want to deal with the reality that the Bible has predicted this long ago, but you've been lazy because you don't want to read the Bible. You want to hear it, and that's good because faith cometh by hearing. But we also have to be doers of the Word. We have to read the Word. We have to get into a personal relationship with the Word. Otherwise, how can God speak to you? Now, listen, God can speak to you in so many different ways but he will confirm it through his word. Anything outside of that, it's an opinion of man, it's it's something that came from somewhere. God will always back up what he's telling you through his word. He doesn't get out of course. You and I do, but he doesn't need likes. He doesn't need follows. He wants you to get into a personal relationship because there's revelation that he wants to share with you. And I want you, Paul, to talk about the revelation of what should be, what, what, I'm having a hard time even getting this question out because I think people, when they hear the apocalypse, they get freaked out. They get fearful. They shut down. Yet so much is happening. But what should we as a people be watching for right now? You know, the apocalypse, the word apocalypse in the Greek means revelation the revealing or the unveiling. So the coming revealing, the coming revelation of Jesus Christ. So what they should watch for now is the signs that Jesus said to watch for. Mm. If you go to Matthew 24, he gives you a list of signs. He was asked a simple question. Can you tell us when the world's going to end? What's, when Even are you coming back? They were asking. They, they, he hadn't left yet. 
Wow. Yet they're saying, so this is nothing they, new. Yeah, this is nothing new. They, he is the 12 disciples sitting on Mount of Olives with Jesus Christ saying, tell us, what, will the, what, what do we got to look for? What signs will there be that you're coming back? He hasn't left yet. This is so important because in the end times, what we're hearing is there's, a, there's already a, mess, a doctrine that started that says Jesus isn't really coming back. Oh, but we should follow his words because there, there's, there, there's good teachings in there, you know, and then they, they basically put Jesus on the same level with other, uh, you know, religious leaders. Yeah. But the truth is Jesus is definitely coming back. And uh, the whole premise of the end times or in these, in these days is to get people to Christ and to prepare for his coming. But follow the signs that Jesus gave you. You'll know how close you are to his coming. I have to ask you this question because I was thinking about what I'm about to ask you because I'm a student of Bible prophecy. I'm a student of the word. Yet I'm also a hearer of the prophetic words that have been spoken. People like David Wilkerson. Absolutely. Uh, of, I can go down the list. And I thought about this, uh, Pastor Paul, is how do we watch prophecy? That's my first question. Okay. And what do we do when prophecy is fulfilled? Because I want to understand, I want the people watching understanding that what do we watch for in prophecy? But after prophecy is fulfilled, most people don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Well, what we do, we, we watch for prophecy by understanding what it says in the Word. That's how we watch. Uh, the Word says it's going to happen, and then we see it. What do we do once we see it? It's fulfilled. Now we proclaim it. Now we must proclaim it. We must reveal it to others. That we must show them, Jesus said this. It, this has happened. I must proclaim to you that he's coming soon. You have to get your life in order. You got to turn to me, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So we use this word to identify that this is prophecy. And also David Wilkerson, you just named him and other great prophets of the Lord. They, they did the exact same thing. God would show them what was coming and what they saw was actually prophesied in the Bible. And then when you see it happen, proclaim it. Hmm. Point it out to people, you know, show them because that it's proof that the word of God is true. You have researched, you're, you're getting ready to have a book coming out yep. and I want you to come back and talk about it. And in that research of that book, you discover information that I'm still trying to digest Yeah, because I'm having a hard time understanding why people in the pulpit, pastors, evangelists, teachers are not willing to teach the book of Revelation. Can you share with us, what did you find in your research regarding the Revelation yeah. the book? In the book, we, we're, we're researching a lot of things for this book that's coming out. And one of the things was how much prophecy is being taught and preached in our churches. We found out, shockingly, that 90% of our churches the pastors do not touch the book of Revelation. Wait, wait. Nine out of ten. That's a lot of people. That's, it's unbelievable. And, but in the same research, we found out seven out of ten Christians 
want to know what's going on in the end Ooh. times. What's prophecy? They want to know. So you got the congregation saying, tell me what's happening. And you have the preachers who are saying, here's what you need. And it's not what they're asking. And this, because of that, they've gravitated to social media, to, to Christian television. They're gravitating, looking for answers. Shows like yours, shows like this uh, PTL Network is so vital because that's where they can find some of the answers. I think you hear some of the actual legitimate voices of truth. And, uh, but we, I was shocked. I was shocked uh, that 90%, they feel like it's too negative. Wow. That's the word wow. they use. It's too negative. Yet the local church used to be the heartbeat of the community. Right. And I'm afraid that people are leaving the local church to find, and, and, and it's good for us because they're finding us. Yeah, they're finding right? us. Right? But yep. they're also leaving the local church. Which they need. We need it. Yes, we do. Oh, I mean, man. the local church, the, Paul said, fail not the assembling That's it. of yourselves together. And even the more so when you see the day approaching. So it's good to get, read the books of, of, written by wonderful men of God and women of God. And it's good to study and look up and find stuff on prophecy and, and those that are teaching. But you still need a home family, a church family that you can communicate with and you can love together and you can share one another and lift each other up. And so we need the local church, but we also need the prophetic word. Prophetically speaking, where are we in it, in the timeline of the prophetic? I say beginning of sorrows. Ooh. Okay, Matthew 24, <laughs> verse 8. Okay. And, and you start strong. Right, right there. We're right there. And if you, if you read what leads up to it, all those things are happening. No doubt about it. Death, you know, you have false prophets and false teachers and, and uh, you know, you, all the earthquakes and the apocalyptic events and the wars and rumors wars. Then he says, but all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Mm -hmm. Then he starts in on the real tough persecution. Some of you will be thrown into prison. Some even put to death. And he says, because iniquity abound, the love of many a wax cold. But he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And when this gospel is preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. Mm. And then he goes into the desolation, uh, the abomination of desolation, and people have to flee in the wilderness. So when, I ask, when you ask me that question, it's a great question. I say, the Lord shows to me, we're at the beginning of sorrows. Mm. We're getting ready to go to the next level. Okay, the next level is about to have persecution. Right now, American Christians are under soft persecution. Yeah. Cancel culture, shut down your bank account, won't hire Christians for certain jobs, throw my, my pillow guy out of his all the retail stores because he stands up for the gospel. Soft persecution. But the hard persecution is still coming. Because as I, we did in the last show you just did a, a moment ago was, he, the, the Antichrist wants to wear out the saints. Yeah. He wants to exhaust us. He wants us to lose faith, to give up. But we have got to be strong for this next phase, and, that's, uh, and that is what's get, about to happen. How do we stay strong, Pastor? How do, we, how do we emotionally, mentally, spiritually, how do we maintain not going crazy? You know, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I mean personal relationship. You pray and you believe and you listen to the Lord. You read the scriptures and you pray, but you also 
stay in God's graces, stay in God's, follow his direction, and don't let the distractions of what's going on in the world bog you down or depress you or cause you to want to give up and say, you know what, there's no use. No, just one thing's constant, God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. If you want peace in your life, no matter what's going on in the middle of the storm, stay with the man who's in the boat. Mm. Who can say, peace, be still, and the sea and the waves will obey him. He's the one constant is God through Jesus Christ. Why have we complicated the gospel? Why have we made it so impossible to reach? It seems like a lot of people, you know, they spend their whole time trying versus allowing God just to love them. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, part of it is competition. Uh, we have people who want to appear to be smarter or more, have better revelation and more information than everybody else. And God's not interested in us doing that. He's interested in us disseminating the truth to people freely. Freely I receive it. Freely I'm going to give it. And and he wants us not to con- The Bible says that though a man be a, a wayfaring man, he won't err therein. Peter called it the common salvation. Mm. It's simple. Okay, salvation and following Jesus is really, really, really simple. Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your, with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And on, that, on those two things, you can hang the entire law and the Old Testament, New Testament, everything else. Just love God and love you. And if I love you like I love myself, treat wow. you like I won't be treated. I'm telling you, that's simple. It's simple. What do you feel is next in the prophetic timeline? I think that you're going to see, I mean, there's uh, several things happening at once kind of co- uh, combination, but I think really you're going you're gonna to see Israel being surrounded. Mm. Jesus said in Luke, he said, when you see Jerusalem compassed about with many armies, know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Know that you're at the end. And you're starting to see that now. First of all, Israel has to become a nation. It didn't become a nation until 1948. Yeah. Uh, I have a a book in my library that's 145 years old of the history of the church. I mean, everything from the very first pope, from Peter, the whole way. Every denomination split off and why they did and their doctrines. And there was one thing the church preached consistently until 1873. They all preached that God was going to restore the nation of Israel. Wow. And in 1873, they decided, you know what? Maybe we missed it. Hmm. Maybe he doesn't, doesn't mean he's really going to restore them. Maybe he's just going to restore them in their hearts. And they stopped. Ooh. But if they had just held on, 1948, he restored Israel <laughs> to the nation of Israel. So, okay, that's accomplished. Here we are 75 years later, what have you. I mean, we're living now in a, a generation, the, the generation is 75 years old. Yeah. Jesus said this generation won't pass until they see the Son of Man coming. So wh- we should really watch what happens to Jerusalem. Watch what's taking place there. Will they come under attack? God will stay right with them. And even in Zechariah, it says that the Lord will come down and stand on the Mount of Olives. He will fight for Israel. Mm-hmm. He will not allow it to be taken over by the Antichrist or the armies of the Antichrist. Wow. So watch, keep your eye on Jerusalem. I can't believe my time has just gone already. You got a conference coming up 
And I want you to talk about it in just a moment. If you want to hear more about what we're discussing in, in detail and even other subjects, they can go to your website and you got a conference coming up. Yes. Tell me about that. We've got a webinar that you'll be able to watch at our website at paulbegleyprophecy.com. You're going to be one of the speakers, as well as uh, Ricky Baker is going to be one of the speakers. Uh, Pastor Mark Biltz. Wow. Pastor Steve Ciccolani from Australia. Ooh. Pastor um, Dave Robbins from End Time Ministries uh, and, uh, and others. So we're bringing in the heavy hitters, bringing in the guys who really have been studying prophecy, have been watching it, who really know what they're talking about, and we're asking them questions from the book of Revelation that we want them to share. Wow. And this is going to be a webinar that they'll be able to watch. It's going to be, it airs October the 13th, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I'm not afraid to. Oh, I'm, are you serious? I'm not afraid to take the devil on on his Come own on. turf. Okay, <laughs> but that day will that day. So you'll need to go to our website to get your ticket. Okay, mm -hmm. so go buy, purchase your ticket, and then we send you your link in in your email, and then on six o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Eastern on Friday the thirteenth, boom, the webinar comes available. You can watch all the speakers. Wow, as many times you want for a year. Okay, and uh, I'm so honored to have oh, you on. There. I'm honored. You have you got me nervous now. No, Not you only the date, the heavy hitters. The heavy hitters. You sure you want me? I want you in there. <laughs> would you pray for us? Oh, I'd love to. Do I would it. love to. I'd love to. Dear Lord, just thank you for Mondo. Thank you for this show that it can reach out to beyond the, beyond the boundaries of what you would even think. You said you can do exceedingly abundantly, Lord, greater than we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I pray for Mondo, his wife, his children, his family, his ministry, and, the, and PTL Network, Lord, that it will be strengthened and strong. We think for Jim Baker's vision, God, for Jim and Lori, how, how they're standing in the gap. Lord, there's people watching right now who may not know Jesus as their Savior, who are really living in distress of the troubles and trials, inflation and all the things. Give them peace. Let them come to you, Lord. Let them be washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm praying for salvation for every person listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And he loves you. He's crazy about you. Listen, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. That's where the journey begins. He's willing to work with you and, and, and forgive you of your sins. But also you have to repent from your heart. You have to forgive people from your heart. You can't just say forgiveness and pretend like nothing happened. No, the work begins. And I want to tell you something. When you enter into a personal relationship with him, you're safe. You can trust him. He's not interested in breaking your heart. He's not interested in taking something. No, he wants to give you life. And the Bible says life abundantly. Can you imagine that kind of life? When you begin to walk with him, alongside of him, him in your heart, and you confess every single day that you need him, oh, I'm going to tell you something. You will be a different person. He loves you. He's crazy about you. If he forgave me of my sins, can you imagine what he can do with your sin? I'm just a kid from East L.A., California, former gang member that the world said, lock him up and throw the key away. Well, guess what? He picked up the key, and he unlocked life, joy. Oh, I can go down the list. And I'm here today because I made that decision almost 26 years ago. And look what God has done. Can you imagine what he can do when you say yes to him? 
when you forgive people from your heart and you accept him, I'm telling you, your life will be in a different place. It takes a lot of work. Faith without works is dead. But the work is a lot better with him than on your own. Pastor, thank you. I love you, my friend. Love you, brother. Remember this, no matter what is happening, keep the faith. Bye-bye.